Are you one of the many couples who began your relationship in what we call the high octane or honeymoon stage, but now life has you wondering, where did all that love and connection go? Hey, if this sounds like part of your current story, welcome to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. We want to help you experience God's best in marriage, a relationship that is stronger, deeper, and more exciting than ever before. So meet my wife and co-host, Stuart Anderson. And he's my husband and co-host, Dr. David Anderson. It's time for you to become the heroes of your marriage story. So let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us on our final episode of 2020. I know. Can like, can you believe it, Stuart? This is our last episode of 2020. And guess what, folks? We really are uh, recording this episode on New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. Yes. yes, that's right. <laughs> it's our very last one for the first season of the Red Truck Marriage. And I'm so excited that we're able to do this actually on New Year's Eve. I know, and I guess it'll become a tradition. And I hope right so. <laughs> after this, David and I are following our other tradition of getting a workout safely in a gym that's usually not very crowded on New Year's Eve. Well, so. generally there's nobody in there but right. us, but that really is a tradition of ours right. and we've been doing that for years. It's kind of our way of like landing the plane, if you will, for uh, the this year and then bringing in the new year, like taking off on a good note, at least oh, yeah. taking care of our business in terms of fitness. Yes. Well, as many of you know, the Red Truck Marriage Podcast is focused on helping couples live out God's best in marriage. We talk about it in the context of driving the red truck in your marriage. Yes. And you know, if you're just like getting these last episodes, or maybe this is your first episode that you've ever listened to, you need to go back to our trailer uh, of this past season, our first season, and you'd get a, a sense of why we call this the Red Truck Marriage, uh, because there's such a meaning to it. But those of you that know the story, listen, driving the red truck is about bringing goodness to your marriage. Things like love, like I know that's a huge, huge umbrella, right? right? Of right. love. But, you know, when we've talked throughout, like what that really looks like and tried to describe it. Well, uh, all of our podcasts give different strategies and, and pictures of what that looks like every day in your marriage. So filling your truck up with the good things that bring love is really important. Right. right? And, and by the way, you know, also receiving love from your spouse. You know, it's one thing to give love and to express love. It's a whole other thing to receive it, receive it from uh, the one that you love so much. Mm. Uh, I, th I think another th thing we put in the back of that truck, that goodness, is respect yes, toward respect our spouse. For each, each other, right? Really, really big. And, and watch this, folks. Here's another one. Uh, a mindset that your marriage is sacred. We, we did a whole podcast episode on our marriage being a sacred relationship. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that we bring to our marriage, we put in the back of that truck, is bring an effective communication to our marriage where uh, it includes 
a boatload of empathy and compassion for your spouse. Oh, yes. We, we believe that when you put that kind of good stuff in the back of your truck, your spouse will run towards you, at least on most days, <laughs> yes, be drawn towards you. At least most days. You know, so what does it mean to run toward your spouse? Listen, I believe, first and foremost, it is a desire to do life together. Oh, yes. David and I believe that. And we try to live that out, that we do life together. We say that we are best friends, but also we just play that out in the time that we spend together and the way that we plan our life together. Uh, That's what we believe is important. You know something, Stuart, just watching you right now and hearing you say that, you have been probably the biggest fan of that principle of doing life together. Because I know for me, there are times maybe when there's frustration or I'm overwhelmed. And, you know, my general tendency is to be like, all right, I'm just going up to my office. I got to take care of this thing. I've got to work this out. I, I need to you know, create this new content or whatever, you know, the, the difficulty is that I'm facing. And there's been so many times when you're like, oh, buddy, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, you're not... We don't do it that way. <laughs> we're not doing it that way. We're not doing this thing alone. Uh, we, we're going to do even the hard things, the difficult things together. Right. We believe that it's a team. It's a team and that whatever one goes through, however difficult the situation may be, the other has a part in um, being the supporter, filling in the gaps, or leading. So, Yeah, and you know, I, I want to make this point about doing life together. I know many times that it's not the most efficient way of doing business, like where you just have this mindset, like, I'm going to just go take care of this myself, because it does take more time to do it together, to involve your spouse, to let them in on whatever it is you're struggling with and and then hear their point of view and strategizing together. It, it does take more time. It's not as efficient, but in the long run, my goodness, what we end up with is a relationship of partnership. Well, as we've talked about before, it's becoming one, mm. that we're stronger together. And no that's, question. You know, that's scriptural. So that's that's been mentioned many times on our podcast. And, and you know, I want to say one other thing about that. I, we're not saying that as a way of saying, hey, just look at us. Listen, this, this is hard to do. And I'm telling you, it's like I said earlier to Stuart. She's been the biggest fan of that. And there's been many, many times where she has put you know, the skids on me wanting to just go do something on my own and like grunt through it and figure it out where she says, wait a minute, buddy, we're not doing it this way. This, that's not partnership. So my goodness, maybe this next year, as you continue to navigate with us in this podcast, you know, that could be one of the intentionalities that we are going to do life together more. And hopefully this podcast is going to give you uh, m- more tools to pull that off. Right. Yeah. And and I hope that we're making it clear that we mean 
even in the small things of life, the the day-to-day tasks that you think Mm. are not important in your relationship, we believe that they are. So we, um, one of our favorite words is to be intentional about going forward every day together. And I hope that that's what we're helping you to achieve in our messages. You know, um, that is so true, but it's also doing the more difficult things as well, like having personal change. And it, mm-hmm. it makes me think about this this couple that we were working with not too long ago. And, uh, well, why don't you tell a story? You know, the person, uh, the couple that we're talking about, when she came back and said, gosh, I had this epiphany, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, it's, it's sort of what you were talking about earlier, how... Um, their way of handling conflict was to do it separately, mm-hmm. um, to just let the other person um, manage their own growth, so to speak. Well, during this exercise that we were working with with this couple, um, we gave them some time to go off together and yeah. to strategize. And they, when we came back all together, um, that's what she talked about, that she had an epiphany that it's, it's not to be done separately. Right. That in marriage, um, the hard work is teamwork. Yes, Team. and, and it was in the context of this this guy knowing that there was personal change that needed to happen for him, some growth, mm-hmm. a, a growth area in his life. And his wife comes back and says, gosh, the epiphany is that it's not for him to just go do alone. I'm just going to leave it up to him. She's like, I have a part in this. And golly, that is the essence of doing life together Yes, in our minds. Oh, right? yes. Oh, yes. You know, also, I want to mention about this driving the red truck. It just becomes the, the basis of trust in your marriage. It's, mm. When you are driving the red truck and, and bringing the good stuff for your spouse, then it just is like filling the bank account of integrity and loyalty and um, support that... You know, how David and I often say to couples that our marriage relationship is sacred, Mm -hmm. and a sacred marriage is a refuge. It's just a place for our mind and heart and body, and it's a safe place because we've worked on establishing trust. I I love that word, refuge. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think the other word that I use that kind of goes along with that is it's a respite. It's a place where we can find rest, and it can only happen um, our marriages when there is trust that exists where I know where I am in a particular moment, it's safe with you. Right. And, right. and it's not going to be used against me, but, and I'm not going to be judged or, you know, condemned, but um, it's a place for me to rest uh, this marriage of mine. I, I, I want to mention a couple other things that we put into the back of that truck. And it's like Stuart kind of said earlier, the, it, the small things. It's things like sharing responsibilities at home, like parenting, uh, those day-to-day chores. And watch this, including yard work. I don't know if Stuart <laughs> and I have ever mentioned this. We, we profess to have a non-scientific study that if, <laughs> if you and your spouse do yard work together, then you probably have a strong relationship. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's just our our data gathering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. And in, in reading between the lines, <laughs> Stuart's not just talking like strong relationships. She's 
saying that we don't, again, we don't have any empirical evidence of this, only in our own relationship. Mm-hmm. And when we do things in the in the yard and we're outside working and that kind of thing, generally speaking, if we're not like exhausted, exhausted, we have a pretty good love life that day right. <laughs> later on. <laughs> so I want to encourage you, if you are a couple of one stays inside the house while the other's working outside, think about changing that up. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you, you know, I was talking the other night, actually it was on Christmas Eve, we were hanging out with our daughter and son-in-law and our new grandbaby, uh, McKenna, <laughs> and... Um, my son-in-law and I, we were outside at, uh, they just got a new fire pit and we're out there talking. Um, I love having talks with him outside because we really, we end up getting into like deep conversations about things. And one of the things we were talking about is, you know, this whole idea of balancing work with family. And Mm. he was just talking about his desire to really want to get that right. Um, and how many people he knows in his life and people that I know who really struggle with that, where perhaps in their work, they're just, you know, chasing that dollar um, or whatever it is that's motivating them to, quote, succeed in work, but balancing that with a connection in their family, uh, being able to create that balance where family members, people you love are just completely feeling connected to you and that you're engaged with them. And frankly, I think that's a huge part of the goodness that we can put mm-hmm. in the back of that red truck. And once again, that that can be achieved together. It can't be achieved by just one spouse having that vision. Well, again, it's doing life together, together, right? right. So listen, when I talk about those cows running toward that truck, which is mentioned in the trailer, so go back to that, you know, um, they clearly speaking to Stuart's point about trust, they have no fear for that driver, like was going to do them any harm. They're absolutely certain that only good was going to come from that driver, the back of his truck. Like that's what they knew for sure. And that's why they were able to run toward that truck every time they saw the truck. Well, God's best in marriage is to develop that kind of trust with our spouse. And that's really at the core of intimacy. No question. So in the light um, of this being the final episode, right, of season one, We thought it would be fitting to give you what we call five questions to ask your spouse to know them more deeply. Yes, and we're going to throw in a bonus fun discussion statement (laughs) at the end to spark a little romance energy as well. Yes, we are. So here are our five questions to know your spouse deeper. And, And by the way, we want you to go to my website impactingpeople.com to get your own copy, okay? And also to see the fun bonus discussion 
to bring a little romantic energy to the table. We're not going to give you that on this podcast, right? It'd probably be even a, a tad inappropriate maybe right. on, the, on the podcast right. episode. But make sure you go to impactingpeople.com and get your copy as well as our how to bring some energy, that romantic energy to the table. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these questions, well, Stuart, these five questions. Our, for, our first one might be one of my favorites because it really can get to the heart of what's troubling your spouse sometimes. Or not just troubling them, but also like what's on their heart and mind that they're really excited about and grateful for, thankful for. And hoping for and working towards all of that. So number one says, what could I pray about for you that has been on your heart? Mm. What a great question to ask. It just opens it up for great discussion and to learn more about um, where your your spouse's thoughts are. And you know, folks, we run a little bit of a risk, I think, starting with that question because I, for me, I, I'm, the risk is sounding like we, we're over-spiritualizing things, which I personally think it's impossible to do. But for those of us, for those of you that don't know us well, like that's the last thing on our mind. I, I mean, think about this question. What can I pray for you that like is on your heart and mind? Like if your spouse authentically answers that. If Stuart were to ask me that right now, she would get a flavor of those things that are truly on my heart that I'm I'm lifting up to God. And and think of it also this way. Oftentimes those things that I pray about there are those things that I truly believe I have no power over. Like where I'm calling on the one bigger than me, to respond to the situation in my life or this hardship in my life or this, you know, the struggle in my life. So when Stuart asks me, like, David, what are you praying about so I can pray with you? Then it's going to reveal those things that really, really are way above my pay grade, so to speak. You know, it also does this, David, when I ask you that question, and let's say we've had a busy week and we haven't had much together time, when you reveal um, things that are on your heart, sometimes I learn more about you and the relationships you have with other people and what's going on with other people that I might not have talked with during the week, but you've learned more about their lives. And so I get to hear that. So it's another way of connecting, of um, coming together to lift others up, which just strengthens us and, and our um, desire to be more like Christ. And, so. and to do life together. Right. Right. It includes you. Right. So folks, if you don't do that now with your spouse, um, asking that question, and then maybe even praying together, you know, the scripture says when there are two or more gathered in his name, that he is there also. Right. And that is a great visual for me when Stuart and I are praying together, like picturing God with us mm-hmm. um, as we are together in this moment. Right. So the second question uh, to ask your spouse to know them more deeply is this. If you could talk 
to your teenage self, what advice would you give him or her? Wow. When we <laughs> talked about this question, I, I just thought it was such, in, in many ways, a heavy question. Because if mm. that doesn't make you put the brakes on and stop and think about your journey in life, I don't know what, what else will. So <laughs> yes. I think this is a great question, a great time for reflection and talking about stories in your life. Just what a great way to get to know one another. It really is. I mean, think about that. If I asked Stuart that question, I mean, that totally gives me a picture of like how she has seen her journey. So if she were to answer that question, well, what would I tell myself? What advice would I give myself when I was 16 years old, <laughs> like, and, it, and it's based on like the wisdom and the knowledge that I have right now, that would so tell me about her story. Mm-hmm. And whenever we are, I don't know, involved in one another's story, past and future and present or past, present and the future, that, that story that we want to to continue to write, then it's going to generate more intimacy in my marriage. Right. And here's what we don't want it to do. You know, we all have chapters of brokenness in our in our story, in our mm-hmm. lives. And it's not that um, we're asking you to go revisit all of that brokenness. No, we want you to look at your past with hope for how it can help the future and help you grow. Absolutely. That's a good one. That's Mm -hmm. a good one. So let's talk about question number three, Stuart. Number three is, what moment in time did you feel the most connected to me? Hmm. (laughs) Boy, and and you know what? That's That's a question like that probably would need a pause. Right. Like you just don't have that answer right. like right on the tip of your tongue. It's like, because you always think about it. No, that's a question you're going to have to think about a minute. And obviously I have because we wrote these questions. Right. And you know, the thing, um, that moment, Stuart, that I come up with uh, is the moment. And I think we talked about this on a podcast mm-hmm. episode. I, I don't know the episode uh, number, but... Uh, it was the time where we, when we were first married, mm-hmm. we sat and told one another our whole story, right? Like everything, right? That all of our past, the the things that were that were dark, so mm-hmm. to speak, uh, hurts, that kind of mistakes that we have made, um, things that perhaps I felt shame about Mm -hmm. or embarrassment about and being able to share that with you in that kind of that refuge place that you were talking about earlier. Um, Golly, that went on for hours and hours. And I remember just so many tears and laughter when we both did that. Um, I can't think of another time in my life with you where I felt so close, so intimate with you. Well, I'm going to agree with you because that obviously that was a very intimate um, few hours that we spent together. So I would answer the same way. But I, you know, this question for others, I guess 
I, it could also bring up many different moments where it mm-hmm. would be hard to choose. And as you were talking, I was thinking also it, it might be a, um, a, a point in time where you were running the race, you know, you were trying to accomplish something and your spouse was just connected with you and supporting you all along the mm-hmm. way. I mean, I just, you know, many different answers can come from this question. It, it, it can, and it, can also expose like something that perhaps you need to do more of, mm-hmm. right? Because if that thing that you're doing or, or you did back in your past that brought so much connection um, to your marriage, then wow, why not do more oh, of it? Oh, revisit right? that. Oh, what a great point. So, yeah. Uh, all right. All so, right. were number you going to say four. something? All you right, want to go into number four? And sure. David, this is a special one. So, it is a special one to me. Uh, the way we're going to state it, and then I'm going to give you a little, um, little backstory. Uh, number four is people don't name their own legacy. That's for others to do. How would you want others to name your legacy? Before you think about that, I, um, I, I want to give you that backstory for a moment. Um, my second to the oldest sister, Cindy, um, this in 2020, she, um, she lost her husband, my brother-in-law, who I would say was as close to me and me to him as any brother could be. He was mm-hmm. that brother... Uh, at least one of them, because I have another brother-in-law that I'm really, really close to as well. But they were the brothers that I never had. And I I had the privilege of being with him when he passed away this past year. Um, And it was, gosh, just a... It was a difficult time. It was. It was a difficult time for all of us. And yet it was a wonderful time of experiencing... um, God, uh, in the midst of, of his last few days and getting to celebrate his life. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. one of the privileges that I had was, uh, we had a lot of conversation and if you knew him, you would, you would be able to just picture this, but, you know, being by his bedside, we had conversations about things that really matter. And one of the things he said to me, was just that in the question. He goes, you know what, David? He says, um, man doesn't name their own legacy. That's for others to do. And I will never forget that Mm -hmm. conversation that we had from there. And that's where this question number four comes in. Um, God, I'm feeling emotional. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's such a profound statement and such a profound question. And another one that's just going to cause people to pause. It yeah, really will. It it really will. And I hope it does um, for all of you. But anyway. It, it's. I know. It's hard to... <laughs> To think of him and remind, remember him, but I know he was smiling that we are speaking these words today. Yes. I know that, David. So this is really a great question, you know, to ask your spouse, how would you want others to name your legacy? Mm-hmm. Like how you impacted other people's lives, how they would describe you. 
um, as perhaps a warm person or a person that gives a, a ton of grace, um, somebody that's patient and kind or uh, even smart or um, a person of wisdom. But if your spouse answers that question, then it's going to give you a great peek into their hearts, like what really right. matters to them about their life. Right. It'll just be a larger vision of where their heart is and, and what their desires are. No question. No question. So we want you for sure to answer that question. And uh, that may be like one of those questions that you say for for one sit-in, like <laughs> where that's the only question, you know, you answer uh, in that given time space. Right. Well, let's look at number five. And number five says, of all the moments or chapters in your life story, which one makes you the proudest and why? Mm. What a great question. That is a good question. Um, so I could imagine that if we were to talk about this, that on this episode, uh, it would be a, a long conversation because I know there are plenty of things that we are proud of. I, I'm I'm proud that we do this podcast yeah. together, that um, it's the two of us who are putting ourselves out there to our audience. I'm proud of that, Where versus it being just me or it being just you. Right. Uh, again, it's kind of like that doing life together thing again uh, that we discussed earlier. It's not always the most efficient, because I got to tell you, friends, it takes a lot more work for Stuart and I to produce this podcast together than it would for if just one of us were doing it. Right. Uh, because, you know, I wouldn't have to connect with you. I, I would just kind of do it on my own and, and you as well. But, you know, that's one of the things that I'm proud of, that we are doing this together. Well, and with this question, it will give couples a chance to celebrate things that have happened in their past. And mm -hmm. sometimes we don't do that enough. We don't remember that whether it's hard work or um, just actions with our hearts, whatever it is that, that has happened in your life, don't forget to celebrate. And it's okay to, to speak that, to say you're really proud of something that happened. Yes, because I think oftentimes we shy away from that because we were afraid that it may come across as boastful or, right. or you know, prideful. Um, but it's good to tell the good story. Right. You know, I, I think one of the things in my life is w both of the births of, you know, uh, my son and my two sons, mm -hmm. you know, Ty and Walker, like that was a proud moment for me to see these little guys, right. Um, that, that I created, um, a proud moment. So I don't know. There's just a lot of things I believe in our stories that we need to be, as Stuart said, revisiting and speaking, particularly into our marriages. And especially now at a time where um, many of us need some little sparks of hope mm. and joy and celebration. So hopefully that question will help you get there. No question about mm -hmm. that. So those are our five questions. Again, go to impactingpeople.com. And you will get your own copy of that, uh, plus... The fun bonus discussion. <laughs> Look for that. Yeah. The fun bonus discussion on which will hopefully bring a little more physical intimacy uh, to uh, your marriage. 
Well, it's time for our call to action, and we hope you never get tired of us giving you a call to action after each episode, because as you know, we believe it's necessary for real change to take Mm. place. So just the other day, we were meeting with a couple. It was one of our two-hour intensive sessions, and just before our break, I asked them to go and do the work during the break because I, you know, background as a teacher, but I also know that just listening to these podcasts, that's not enough. We want you to actually put it into action in your life. Yes. And, you know, I want to add to that. Like, it it was uh, one of the intensives that we were doing with this couple, which meant that it was over a two-hour session. So we have at least one break in the middle. And I remember when, Stuart, when you gave them, um, it was like going to be like a 20-minute break, and you gave them something to do. It was based on some tools that we had just finished giving them. And I can remember when we broke and the two of us got alone, I remember you saying, you know, David, um, I, I wanted to give them during this this break, this thing to do, because so often, like when we do our live uh, marriage weekend events, uh, so many times, you know, if all we do is give tools, um, sometimes couples will come back and say, okay, so I have the tools. I understand that. What do I do? Right. And I know that like drive, it drives you nuts, right? <laughs> We, we explain what to do, and we want you to do exactly what we've laid out in our messages because we believe that um, our, our lessons and our stories and our successes in our marriage um, come from the Holy Spirit wisdom in Christ. And It does, and it's also about putting legs on as I like to say, you know, these tools, like these, this wisdom that you get. I, I think I said this one time in a podcast. I'll never forget back in the day when I was coaching football. Listen, if I'm looking at game film and of, of the previous game, and we've, you know, had 12 missed tackles, I, I coach linebackers. And if we had 12, 13, 14 missed tackles, uh, number one, it means we probably lost the game. But, you know, what would we do on Monday in practice? Like, we'd be tackling, right? We would go back to the basics. And and because we've always said this, repetition is the mother of skill. Repetition gives birth to that skill. So when we give you these calls uh, to action, um, it's to go and like practice tackling. <laughs> it's right. it's to go and put legs on these tools that hopefully the the podcast episode gave you. And that's the reason why we give you these call to action. We hope you never get tired of them. Yeah, so we we hope you're motivated to go act. So number 1 is All right, so number 1, we want you to go to my website and download your copy of the five questions to know your your spouse. Um, more deeply. All right. And you will also uh, be able to get our little bonus discussion there as well. And we'll put this uh, link to my website in our show notes. Right. And number two, we want you to carve out some time with no distractions to have conversation with these questions. And we mentioned it before, you don't have to do all five when you have sit down time, or as we Mm. call it, knee to knee time. 
Absolutely. But just get started and enjoy the conversation. Yes. Please please don't take these questions or treat these questions as though it's a checklist. All right. Uh, You may end up having to have, you know, four different sit downs or or 17 different sit downs in order to get through these questions. All that was great. We're all about it. Um, So we want you to take your time with this. Well, that's it for our call to action. We can't wait to bring you season two of the Mm. Red Truck Marriage Podcast. (laughs) We're planning to have some awesome guests on our podcast for 2021. Yes, we are. Be sure to subscribe to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. You don't want to miss an episode. No, and also it would be great if you would please take the time to write a review. Now, we've mentioned this a couple of times Uh, But we probably need to mention it more often or remind you more often because it really does help us expand the Red Truck Marriage audience. We're so excited to start 2021 with you. We believe God will write great things into your marriage this year. So let's all be sure to intentionally drive that red truck in our marriages today. Bye for now. (music) 